This is a Hoff Studios podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Hi, Em. How are you? How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for your patience. No worries. <laughs> it's so good to meet you face to face and hear your voice like while we're actually talking to each other. I know. We've it's only so DM'd. Cool. Yeah. So you are a marketing, scaling, business queen of all things, passive income and luxury lifestyle, building your business. So tell me about what does the living too good to be true standard mean to you? So one thing that I've changed um, that I, I like completely changed my entire life is to change the way I saw the sentence too good to be true, because most of the people too good to be true is like, well, it's, it's too good to be true, then it's not going to happen. So every time something would feel too good to be true, I would be like, oh, that's too good to be true. So I should not pursue this because it's not going to work out. And then one day I was like, you know what, too good to be true is what I actually deserve. So if it feels too good to be true, then it's mine. And if it doesn't feel too good to be true, then I don't want it. So I, the first, first exercise that I've done for myself, like really testing my too good to be true muscle, I would say, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> my too good to be true muscle. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that so in my good. program. <laughs> so the first thing that I, so- I've, I've, uh, I've done was when I was shopping for a new car, um, I was during the pandemic the pandemic yeah so i actually uh, had a hard time finding a car because they were, they were running out of car and there was a lot of mercedes suvs but not a lot of porsche suvs like by not a lot i mean zero and that i wanted a porsche suv and i truly like decided i'm gonna be patient instead of getting a mercedes suv because i know if i do i'm going to just have the car in my in my parking garage and then I'm never going to change it because it's convenient, because it's there, because it filled the, the parking spot, you know? So I decided. Subtle vibes. Yeah, exactly. I, not, not that Mercedes SUVs are, are not good. They're amazing. But that's not what I truly, truly wanted. What felt too good to be mm-hmm. true was a Porsche. What felt amazing was the Mercedes truck, but it was not too good to be true. So I decided I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the Mercedes. I'm going to continue using Uber everywhere until I find the Porsche that I want the way that I want. And then I got a call from a car broker. He's like, Am, there's a, a Porsche exactly like you want, but even better that's available. Like he sent me a picture. I'm like, done. We're getting it. He's like, you don't want to know how much it costs? I'm like, no, I'm doing it. Like, it doesn't matter. This is the car I want. And it was a GTS, which is a better engine. So it was even better than I. It's a sexy car. I've seen it. Ah. It's gorgeous. <laughs> so, so <sighs> I, that was like my first time truly holding the frequency of too good to be true is what I deserve. And if that is true, that it's what I deserve, then I'm never going to settle for less. So I continued doing that with clients. Like if a potential client would come into my world and a client would not feel too good to be true. It would feel like money, but not too good to be true. I would, I would not take 
take on the client, I would refer it to someone else. Because if I want my life to be too good to be true, then everything has to match that standard. So I broke up with my boyfriend because of that after a five years relationship wow. um, of it, it felt good and then not good and good and then not good. And then I'm like, this is not too good to be true. I like I that that was the only thing in my life that were wasn't on, on the standard of too good to be true. So I decided like if I truly want to embody the too good to be true standard that I set for myself that changed my life that makes I live in a million dollar left now. I like I my life has become too good to be true the day that I decided that that was the standard, but I was not going to do anything that's not feeling too good to be true, whether it's when I buy something, when I go gro grocery shopping, the, the restaurants I go to, I always ask myself, like, is this the too good to be true food that I want today? Is this the too good to be true shoes that I want to buy? If it's not, I don't want it. Why would I get something just to fill space? I don't need it. I don't need a lot. I just need that everything that I have feels too good to be true to me. Totally. I love this. We need like too good to be true bra bracelets. bracelets. Like what would Jesus do? But like, <laughs> is this too good to be true? Now I want to rewind a little bit because like if people are dropping in on this and they're hearing this, they're going to think like, okay, like whatever. She's complaining about Mercedes of her Porsche, <laughs> but I know that it hasn't always been that way. And I've listened to your story in many different, you know, snippets here and there on the gram and on your website and in your programs. And I know that when you were 23, you had one of the hardest years of your life. Mm -hmm. And that's when your life really changed. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah. So I, I was an entrepreneur early on. I opened a restaurant when I was 22 ish. Um, it was actually someone that came when I was managing a restaurant and had offered me shares to open a restaurant with them because they didn't have the knowledge needed that I had and they liked my energy. So for me, it was, it was a dream. Like I'm getting offered to open my own restaurant. I don't even need to put money in. I get shares. Like it was my dream. And two weeks after opening the restaurant, my mom called me and she told me she had six months left to live. And my mom lived seven hours away from that restaurant. So I had to make a decision. I can't, I can't work in a restaurant, especially when it's a new restaurant and you don't have a life, like you don't have vacations, you're all, you're sleeping in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, this is, my mom is more important. My mom was truly my best friend. And, uh, she ended up living for about two years. Um, so until I was like 23, she, she passed away, she passed away in, in 2012 and 10 days later, my boyfriend at the time also passed away. So wow, it's, it was like my two big, biggest love, my two pillars, like gone in a minute. And, uh, so I decided to sell everything. I left with a one-way ticket to Italy. I thought Italy's gonna... <laughs> fix my issues. I'm like, I lost myself. Let me find myself in Italy. And I ended up traveling for 43 countries. I was going to say 43 years. I'm not that old yet. <laughs> um, so I ended up uh, traveling 43 countries. I ended up living in like the most beautiful things, but also like home invasions. I got kidnapped. I got held hostage at gunpoint. Um, I like, like, plane crash, like, like all kinds of really, really uh, not fun things. But that, that was kind of like my made up into being an entrepreneur and being the person that can hold a lot of 
flip side and a lot of duality today is because those seven years uh, following the passing of my mom and my boyfriend. And after that, I lost a lot of people as well. Like I've been, I lost my best friend last year uh, to, through uh, strep throat. Who knew? Wow. <laughs> so there's always been a lot of so duality sorry. in my life. So it's not a, it's not all, uh, all Porsches and rainbows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's incredible. I think, you know, everybody faces adversity. Everybody has really complicated variables in their life, but like you've had a really extreme, like you said, Mm -hmm. like a lot of contrast, like really amazing things, like being able to travel to 43 countries and simultaneously experiencing all this tragedy. How do you, how do you find that that drive within yourself to keep going and not give up on pursuing bettering yourself and pursuing your career in the face of diversity? So for me, that was not always the case. It's about three years ago that I decided that I was going to build something again because I lost everything. And and what I noticed is that I had a pattern that every time something would start being feeling really good and going somewhere, I would find a way to sabotage what I was building because I was so scared of losing it again, because losing everything, especially at at a young age is really difficult. Uh, It's really difficult to wake up one day and you went from restaurant, brand new car, condo, boyfriend, good life. And all of a sudden, all of that is gone. So uh, it it was difficult, but I held, I I held them. trying to find myself a lot. Like I was trying to find myself through every country that I I was going through. I was hoping it would heal me and I was hoping I would find home and I would, I was hoping I would find happiness again. That's not, that's not what happened. But one day when I realized that I had that pattern of always trying to find the, the reason outside of myself, and always sabotaging when I found something that would work out, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a business uh, deal, whether it was a, a project that I was working on that was working out, I would sabotage it. I would drink, I would uh, run away, I would find ways to not be able to hold it. I was not able to hold the good things because I was so used to be in chaos. I was so used to be in such difficult times. I was so used to struggle that I didn't know what it felt like not to. So my nervous system would be like, ah, we don't go there. We don't know what's going on. Like we're good in our struggle. We like to have zero dollar every month at the end of the month in our bank account because we're used to it. And that's the only way I could create income was when I had no money. Otherwise I would not create anything. So I would always find a way to manifest really bad things like bills and stuff that would make me go back to zero. And then like the stress response would be like, okay, we hustle. So I had this pattern that was going in circle for years and years and years until I saw the pattern, which is why it's so important to do self-work, to have a coach, to have someone that can see your dead angles, because I didn't see it myself. Mm -hmm. It's one of my coach that saw it. She's like, you're just trying not to lose again. So you're not going to build anything. And just hearing this made me have a breakthrough. And then I built a seven figure business the next year. Damn, girl. <laughs> I believe it too cuz I really relate to that. I I have been in I've experienced a lot of trauma in my life and when you're so used to living paycheck to paycheck 
working 80 hours a week just to make ends meet. I was in hospitality as well. I was a bartender and I made a lot of money, Mm -hmm. but I lived in a really expensive city. I partied my ass off. I spent everything and I was so used to Mm -hmm. overdrafting my account and like having nothing at the end of the month that I repeated that pattern for over 10, 12 years. And it's only just now where I like only of the last like two to three years where I actually feel really comfortable having money in my bank account where I have, where I'm comfortable even having credit, mm-hmm. like having credit cards. Yeah. You know, it's you so wanna... uncomfortable. I didn't, I actually, cause Go I, ahead. I filed for bankruptcy, um, in 2012, whenever, when I left and I just got my first credit card maybe three months ago. Cause I never applied for one. Cause I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I was so scared of it. Cause I, everything that I have, I bought in cash. So I, 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 I was so scared of credit because of my bankruptcy. And then the bank called me and they're like, Oh, you're, you're pre-approved for a $10,000 credit card. I'm like, what? $10,000 credit card. I'm like, I don't even know how to use a credit card. Like I like, that's how I, I haven't used one. And I cried and people were like, but you have, like, you make that money and like an hour. I'm like, but it's not even about the money. It's about the fact that now I came full circle. I completely recreated my life and I get another chance at doing it right with the system and the society. Cause I never felt like I fit in. And when you don't have a credit, mm-hmm. everything is more complicated. So I figured my way out to through everything for the past 10 years, but now I get okay, now you're allowed to have another chance at living a normal life. And that felt so good to me. Yeah. And it's another example of what we get conditioned to. We get conditioned conditioned to everything being so complicated and complex and having to jump through hoops and hustle. Like it's so hard. You have to pay cash for everything that makes it really complicated. And also like when you think about credit, like even though it's a broken system, it -hmm. is an extension of trust and society is same with money. It's an extension of trust. So to feel respected and trusted by society and by the constructs that we've built, you know, there's something to be said for that. It is really nice. It's a luxury. It's a privilege. So I I felt the same way. I literally checked my, it was like three months ago, I checked my credit score and I was like, I don't even know why I'm checking this. It's always horrible, Mm. but I've been doing all the right things for the last two years in very small increments. Like literally Ulta gave me a credit card. (laughs) I was like paying it off every month just at like work towards something and obviously pay my bills on time. Yeah. Um, And I finally looked at my credit card three months ago and I have a great credit score and I was shocked and I cried as well. And it's a, but it's, it's a it's a reflection of the work that you do somatically, like in your body, the self-work, the yeah. healing and the, the coaching and the support system you have. So I know we were talking about um, masculine and feminine the other day. Can mm-hmm. you tell me how you integrate that into your life and like how this applies to what we've been sharing? Um, yes. So, well, well, when I realized because I used to be stuck in masculine obviously and and masculine is often a survival response to our environment so i had a very difficult life i couldn't rely on anyone i lost everything i became the mom to my little brother that was nine years old when my mom passed like i i I had and mothering as masculine energy i had to be in masculine energy my entire life like traveling by yourself you have to protect yourself so if you have to protect yourself you have to be in masculine i didn't know how to be in feminine it was Uh, when I heard about it, it was completely bizarre to me. I didn't understand. But then I knew 
I would look at people, they, they had the same success than me, but they were glowing. They had the same success than me, but they were happy. They were having fun. They were living life. And I'm like, how, they ca how can they live life? Because me, I'm like, if I start living life, then I cannot run my business. I have to choose one or the other. So I started doing a lot of work about this. Uh, I read a book called Feminine Genius that completely opened my eyes around um, feminine energy and stuff. It was a really, really big eye opener for me. And I started truly practicing um, having uh, every weekend, I, I would do like feminine energy weekend where I would not have a schedule. I would do whatever I want. I would allow myself to receive. I would play. I would like, and at first it was very, robotic like I was just doing whatever like it was still masculine but trying but then eventually I started understanding how to be in my feminine I understanding how to move in my feminine and I started loving it to a point where I could bring that energy into my business as well and it started slow I started um doing calls without preparation doing podcast interview without knowing what I was going to talk about like I started trusting myself because the feminine trusts herself to to know the answer and to to always be guided and supported. And and one day I realized that I live my life in feminine energy and I have way more success. And right now I work about two to three hours a week, which is not a lot. <laughs> and and but I feel like oh god, I had a big day today. I worked for two hours. <laughs> Like it's, it's changed so, so I have much. a question about yes. that. I have a question about that because what does it require to only work two to three hours a week and how long did it take you to get there? Because I, I, I want to make this clear for everybody listening. This is not because you're sitting around with no, your no. hand on your chest manifesting. This is not just energetics. No, like you are a strategy and implement implementation queen. I've seen yeah. your offers. I've been to a few of your webinars. Like wow. I, you're, and like I've downloaded some of your stuff like I know that you really deliver and you really do the work because otherwise you wouldn't only be working two to three hours a week mm -hmm. at this point so how okay. long did it take you to get here and what is it that you it, uh, put into your business that allows you this freedom and space okay because uh, that's the masculine yes. part right but also what I want to say is even though I have all of these things if I would have not learned to be my feminine I would still have be be working 40 hours a week just because i would have i would be thinking this is still what i need to do and i would not trust that my <clears> business can run without me so this is like why feminine energy is so important but feminine energy doesn't bring the money home the masculine brings the money home the feminine says thank you so much so so that's a very big nuance that's it's important to talk about so um from i'm i'm a scaling expert so i i do funnels I, I'm very good at optimizing offers. I'm very good at team hiring. I'm very good at um, traffic strategies and all these things. So what I did, so now I have a few people on my team. I have someone for accounting. I have someone for uh, PR and ads. I have someone for, for, I have two employees that are full-time outside of that. And we hire contractors here and there. So I am, I'm hella supported. Like I'm so supported. My team is there every single day. It's not like, I send them work like they work from 10 a.m. until uh, whatever time we're done every single day, five days a week. Plus, I have someone on the weekend now. So I do have support. I have systems in place. We created a lot of systems. We created a lot of um, cheat lists. We like everything it's, has been in the making in the past three years. So it's not I just 
decided one day I'm working two hours a day and that's enough. I built all the backend in my business. I built funnels. I built automations. So now everything that I've done, all the hard work that we've done and the fact that I have amazing employees, my employees are too good to be true. Uh, <laughs> so the fact <laughs> that I have this makes it that I can do what I want and I decide how much I want to work every day. So when I feel like doing podcast interviews, because I love speaking, I'm a manifester. I need to use my throat. That's how I find my energy. I, I love it. Like I feel good when I do podcast interview. So that feels good. So that's in my schedule. We do a lot of magazine articles, but I don't like writing magazine articles. I like writing journal entries. So my team turns it into magazine articles because that doesn't feel good for me. So it's like learning what I love to do keep doing it more and more and more because this is how I'm so passionate about my work. And then my team does all the things that are important to do or that would optimize and maximize what I did, but I don't have to do it. So content repurposing, um, taking care of my LinkedIn because I'm not a LinkedIn person, but I, I think it's important to have a presence on LinkedIn when you're professional. So I have the back end. It's not just because I sit in the bath and I manifest money. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of you. <clears throat> and I want to like, I just want to like remind people that like you still did it in just three years. Mm -hmm. That's an incredible feat. And I think that anything is possible in just two to three years time. I, I know a lot of people that built their business right before the pandemic or during the pandemic and really scaled mm -hmm. to a level that's similar to yours. And so anything is possible. Yeah. It's really about, and you said it in the beginning, you decided yeah. that decision to not forsake yourself, to not self-sabotage, to not turn around, to not quit while it gets really really difficult is the decide is the factor of your success like mm -hmm. that's it yeah I totally um, agree and also I just want to say the mindset behind it like the mindset behind decision like when the pandemic started of course it was scary for everyone I remember going grocery shopping and people like the tension I was crying because I we nobody knew what was going on but we we all felt fear the collective had so much fear People thought like the world was ending. People took the opportunity to just party every day. And, and the first week I was like watching movies and then like having a glass of wine at 10 in the morning. I was like, this is vacation. This is fun. But then after a week, I'm like, okay, like if this is going to last more than a week, like they said, like flatten the curves in, in, in 14 days. That's not what happened. I'm like, I'm going to make the best of it. So during the, the, the most of the lockdown and in Montreal, the lockdown was way longer than than in the States, like it was really long. It's just, I think like two months ago, things opened back up. Now I moved to Toronto, but I was in Montreal when it happened. So I found a new place to live in because I wanted to have a place that I, I felt the vibes were better since I'm gonna be home, I wanna feel good. And then I created about 10 courses during the pandemic because I'm like, if I'm gonna be home, I'm not gonna be watching Netflix every day. I'm gonna be creating things so that when the world opens back up, I don't even need to be in front of my computer because I built so much. So that's what I did. And now I have the freedom. That's amazing. You're living the dream, Mama. I'm so proud of you. I think we met like on Instagram like six, I don't know. It was like at least a year and a half, two years ago, maybe like during the pandemic at some point. Probably. That's, that's when I started. 
I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember either, but I feel like I feel like I know you just through Insta. And another thing I wanted to just acknowledge and share is that like I your authenticity comes through through Instagram, even though your aesthetic is so visual and so beautiful and professional on like your Instagram feed. And I really appreciate that you're not like selling on your stories constantly. Like you got to join my webinar. It's the best and most exciting thing ever. Like your copy and your energy speaks for itself. You share a few slides, you share an opt-in, you go back to living your life. Mm -hmm. And like, I know that the people are there because I see the testimonies and I see like what's, I I just get enough of a glimpse that it's authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I really appreciate that. It's really beautiful. Ah, thank you. And you're welcome. I want to know, like, how many people's lives have you helped? How many women and men have you worked with? I, like, that's one thing that I'm not really good at. It's tracking. Like, people like, oh, in 2019, I made this much. I'm like, I don't remember how much I made. I, like, I don't really keep track of things. Sometimes I go back, like, in Kajabi, for example, I had course that I have 500 people in. Um... So I, I help thousands of people, but I don't know exactly how much because I never really tracked. And that's one thing about me living in the now all the time. Like I just, I'm always focused. Like my goal in life is to love what I do and to be happy every single day. Like even if I'm home with my dogs and I'm reading a book, I'm so happy. Like I am the most happy person you're ever going to meet. I'm always laughing. I'm always have a big smile on my face like I'm walking the dog with this big smile and people probably like what's wrong with this girl like she's stuck like this like I'm so happy I don't really think about numbers anymore probably because when I used to focus too much on the numbers it would create this anxiety of it's not enough and now I'm like just I'm living in the now I do whatever I want every single day I follow my intuition I do actions led by my intuition and whatever happens, happens. Like I don't have money goals anymore. I don't have people goals. Like I'm promoting a course right now. There's 30 people in. And uh, it, last time I did, did that, there was like maybe 12 last year when I did it. So it's it grew a lot. And I don't feel any different because whether there's one person or 500, I'm so happy to run this course because I want to run it. So I don't think about numbers. That's one thing that I'm really detached from. That's beautiful. Um, what do you, what do you, like going through so many things that you've been through, how did you decide, like, what was the pivot point? What was the crossroads that you entered that you said, I'm doing this, I'm building a business that I don't want to lose and I'm willing to move forward? Um, so when I met my ex, which I don't know if you're familiar, probably. I don't, I'm not sure why I'm saying I don't know. <laughs> so I, I truly feel like he was my twin flame. And I truly feel like after the five years we spent together, that's when the real, like, whatever I was meant to learn, like, I got my spiritual awakening because of meeting him. Um, I, like, I, he was so successful. He was going to the gym every day. He had properties all over. He was driving McLarens and he was handsome and he was smart. And then I looked at my life, I'm like, I got nothing. Like I got nothing, like nothing. Like I'm, I'm 
on paper, I might look good, but I actually don't have money in my bank account. I don't have investment. I was working as an investment broker at the time. I barely could pay my own bills because I was not taking my life seriously. And, and seeing how disciplined he was to get what he like to get in the shape that he was in and to get in the financial um, like situation that he was in really inspired me to be disciplined as well and to focus and lock in on what I wanted. So I removed everything like the partying, I removed it. The toxic friendships that, that I was very codependent back then, like I wanted to save the world. People called me, still call me today, Captain Save a Ho, because that's basically what I was doing. I was saving everyone because I was not, I was afraid of saving myself. So I, it felt good to help other people, but I needed more help than other people. I just was ignoring my own needs. Um, so I started putting myself first. I started investing into therapists and healers and all these things. I started taking my life seriously and having discipline and taking like my vision was my priority before anything else. And that was like when everything started getting into place because then I told the universe, I'm serious about this. Like I'm locked in, I'm going to do what it takes. And I'm, I don't mind how long it takes, but because I'm getting there like no matter what. And then everything changed from that point on. But I think when people are not completely all in, they're like one foot out of the door. Uh, I'm only in if I see results immediately. I'm only in if I get a six packs tomorrow. I'm only uh, eating healthy if I lose weight in two weeks. Like they, it, they're not creating successful habits. They just want the results without really being committed. So that's why they don't get the results. They're constantly checking out. So I decided I would never check out. So that was the big moment that changed everything. Woo, that is so good. I decided I will never check out. I think I needed to hear that today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been on vacation. I was on vacation for like two weeks I and it felt like I was checked out, well, that's which is okay. great. It's Vacation's okay. great. It's a recharge. Yeah, it was like, it was a total recharge and riding horses. I did ride a lot of horses. My entire body was so sore. Oh so I got a little it's workout so, in, but it's so honestly, I, I went to Costa Rica once and I was like, I'm going to ride this horse. First of all, my horse was suicidal. Okay. <laughs> he kept wanting to jump off the cliff and it was really scary, but I was so sore the next day. I, I was like, how am I like not moving? And I'm like, <laughs> I grew up riding horses and it's a discipline. Like it's literally a workout because you have to use every muscle to control the horse and manipulate it and stay on it. And people really underestimate it, especially when you go to like another country Mm -hmm. and you're just sitting there. And even if if you're being pretty lazy, like Mm -hmm. you might get a little sore, but when you're really riding, like, oh, it was such a dream. This guy let me canter and gallop his horses which they never do with trail horses they usually like make you just walk single file and trot along and he just let me go all out and so it was a dream but um, yeah it was pretty sore thank you well um thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us and share your story it's so inspiring and incredible what you built in just three years and all the adversity that you've gone through to come out the other side and inspire people to do the same. It's phenomenal. Um, so where can people find you on social? Where do you hang out? 
the best place to find me is truly on instagram like you said i love instagram stories so that's the best place to connect don't hesitate to tell me that you found me on daniel's podcast i'm gonna be happy to say hi awesome we look forward to seeing you again and i can't wait to see what the next three years brings for you em thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure Hey guys, every week we have a recurring segment where I share my favorite things, tangible products beyond the amazing inspiration we're giving you every week with our guests. So the segment is called Think, Read, Buy, Do, and I will share a few out of each of those topics for you. So this week I'm sharing Think. This is my rebellious perspective. What if you created a life and business around your desires? This is embarrassing, but in the beginning of the pandemic, I was, it was maybe 2019, 2020, I was busy idolizing entrepreneurs that were in their late 20s, early 30s. I am in my mid 30s and I am a mother. And I didn't realize it, but I think that I was kind of missing my 28 year old self because that was my favorite year ever. So here I was with a 30 something year old with a kid, a busy fiance, trying to give the same output as these beautiful young ladies were in their hustle mode. And I didn't realize it at the time, but ever since I noticed and started looking around at my own life and my own variables, I had to decide what it was that I really wanted in my life. What was possible for me? What did I desire? I was not only able to find more inner peace, but I also found more similar and like-minded mentors and role models. So my question to you is who are you looking up to? Does it actually align with who you are and where you are going? Or is it comparison? There is a thin line between inspired and FOMO. Next, I want to share with you my buy category. In honor of having M. Desharm on this week's episode, I wanted to share with all of you my favorite luxury because M is the lifestyle luxury queen. It's so important to create a feeling of luxury with your home and body when you desire to upgrade your life and to manifest a rich reality. Nothing says luxury like diptyque candles. Though they can range from $85 to $100, their amber scent is a great entry candle to give your home or office just the right luxe feel. It will transport you literally right to Paris, where the founders, who are experts in art history, brought to life ancient Roman calligraphy as their logo. It is gorgeous. You have to check it out. A whimsical melodic scent that you can anchor in your future self while you manifest and work on that dream life. The link is in the show notes to my Amazon store where you can check out all their candles. Do the do category. Question your why. You can unbecome a little of your ego and remember why you are doing this, whatever it is. Aristotle said this, The life of money-making is one undertaken under compulsion, and wealth is evidently not the good we are seeking, for it is merely useful for the sake of something else. I think what he's trying to say is, why are you doing it? What's the purpose? So thank you guys for listening. That's this week's takeaway. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tag us on Instagram. Have an amazing week. See you next time.